Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is Anna, and this is episode 39, Fake You Out. Make sure you listen to the song beforehand and are ready for an in-depth analysis of track 9 off Vessel. Some background for the song, it was recorded in LA. There is a live performance recording at the LC Pavilion, which was recorded on April 26, 2013. And in the commentary Tyler did on YouTube, what the quote that I pulled out was, I think that the melody inside of the verses is one of my favorite melodies where it goes to falsetto. I think that a lot of times I feel like writers slack on verses when it comes to melody. I feel like it's these are my verses, this is the kind of part where people wait for the chorus. And I've always felt like why not have the verses, the melody of the verses, be just as infectious as the chorus? Which I thought was a good encapsulation of how he melodically made this song. I think the falsettos are very poignant to what he's saying as well. So without further ado, let's just jump right in. So, to fake out means to trick or deceive someone, and this also made me think of basketball because I know Tyler loves to play basketball, and so I'm not very savvy with sports, so I looked up a fake out in basketball. It says the goal is to fake out the defender, opening up a lane for the ball handler to either drive, pass, or shoot from a different spot. When a player successfully fakes a shot, he can cause the defender to attempt a block. This throws the defender off balance, taking him out of the play. And so it's basically a way for the ball handler to successfully make a shot, which is an interesting parallel to this song because at least at the beginning of the song, I would say Tyler feels that he's successfully doing something, even though he's really failing. So that's just an interesting contrast to actual success, um, which is what the ball handler is working towards in basketball. Um, So I had a lot of notes for the music this time, um, and to go along with the basketball theme, I don't know why, but when I heard the opening riff, I thought of... Like, it just sounded to me like you're dribbling a ball and then doing the fake out. And then the, like, larger sound in the riff is when they the ball handler scores. <laughs> and this is all done with a synthesizer. I know this is very intricate and excessive, but I just, for some reason, that thought immediately came to mind before I even looked up the fake out term in basketball. I think just because I... I know Tyler likes basketball, so for some reason, that was top of mind. Um, And then I noticed when he did the falsetto throughout the different verses in the chorus that he seemed to emphasize the most honest thoughts with the falsetto. When he says, see inside, and I'm trying to play it in my head, the different words or phrases that seem to be the most honest despite his fear, are the ones that are highlighted with the difference in his vocals. And then the piano comes in later, and I think, especially for the verse 2, when it comes in, it really highlights the delicacy with his fear of God in that moment. And then when we get to the rap throughout the bridge, we see a couple bass drops. The first bass drop is when he says, all the times I have committed, and it's kind of this pause between the confession happening. And then we also see it when he has this suggestion to God and pride and knowledge 
suggesting what God would do and then saying, am I right? So I thought it was interesting that he placed those narratively where he did. Yeah, those are all of my notes for the music itself. So for some reason, I feel like I'm missing something. I don't think so. Okay, I just felt like I did that really quickly, but I did cover everything. So then going into the lyrics, I initially looked these up online because I always do, but some of the lyrics ended up being different. So I pulled out, I don't know why I forgot about this, but I pulled out the lyric sheet from my vinyl. That's how I found out like the other lyrics were slightly inaccurate in the bridge especially. So I'm going to try to read from the physical copy I have, um, but it might just be a little harder for me to find where, I'm am, find where I am because it's not broken up by verse. It's just like one big paragraph. So just bear with me as I try to manage that. So verse one and the pre-chorus I lumped together because it was pretty short. He says, I want to drive away in the night headlights call my name. I, I'll never be, be what you see inside. You say I'm not alone, but I am petrified. You say that you are close, as close the closest star. You just feel twice as far. You just feel twice as far. And especially because we know the depression and suicidal ideation that Tyler has gone through a lot, I think a lot of people would probably take the verse one, I want to drive away in the night, headlights call my name. Um, They'd probably take it as a suicidal ideation suggestion as far as like heading out in a car and going towards headlights, but I almost feel like it can actually be a hopeful idea. More so, not in the sense of depression, but him just being fearful and wanting to drive away, which would be him wanting to run away, and then simultaneously the light is wanting to search for him in the midst of that rather than him going towards the light. I'll never be, be what you see inside. To me, I immediately thought of Psalm 51, which I actually want to read at the end of this podcast, but specifically with wanting to be washed clean. When I think of inside a human, um, considering that he's talking to God in this song, if I'm trying to imagine myself as God, what he sees inside of us is he sees redemption and he sees Jesus. And so Tyler saying, I'll never be what you see inside is claiming that he is not actually washed clean, despite what God says that he sees. You say I'm not alone, but I am petrified. I think that speaks for itself. You say that you are close, as close the closest star. Just this theme of a lot of doubt and not trusting that God is who he says he is and that he's going to do what he says he's going to do, which also carries through as we continue to go into blurry face, of course. But overall, I think this section is very straightforward and simple. And then the chorus also is very brief compared to a lot of the other choruses we've seen in this album. He says, and I'll fall and I'll break and I'll fake all I want to. And I'll fall down and I'll break down and I'll take, I'll fake you out all I want to. And then it goes into the beautiful kind of rave-esque musical line there. I mainly meditated on the fall, break, and fake, um, as those are the three verbs that he picked out for this chorus. When he says that he will fall, um, I think this alludes to he will be tempted. 
And in this case, it could be depression, it could be suicidal ideation, and it could also just be a more general, he knows that he's going to sin. And I will break, not just that he will be tempted by sin, but that he will also succumb to sin a lot of times, and he won't be able to remain whole or unbroken. Faking as far as pride and wanting to cover over the fact that he not only falls, but also breaks especially the fact that he breaks. And I'll fall down, and I'll break down, and I'll fake you out. Yeah, I think that's interesting, though, that he doesn't just leave it at fall. He doesn't just leave it at fall, break, and fake, but he goes further to say fall down. Like, he's not just falling, but he's he's gotten to the absolute bottom. Not just breaking, but he's gotten to the absolute bottom. And not just faking, but he's faking god of all people out which is pointless as we know from two songs ago with screen but also as we know from the last song to run and go this is on par with his attitude towards god in a lot of these songs on this album yeah i think that's interesting the whole i feel like the emphasis in the song because of the title is on the faking out and the pride that we have to try to cover over things and I was just talking with my parents today and how I was like talking through, I forget what it was, just a lot of questions and things I've been trying to figure out in my life. And something that's just lingered with me probably ever since graduation, which was almost four years ago, three and a half years ago, is just this fear of like, I'm wasting my time. And... (laughs) My dad was like, do you think you're wasting your time or do you think God's wasting your time? And immediately I was like, I'm wasting my time. And I think that's just a perfect example of me trying to fake God out of, well, it's about me when in reality it's about God, which is similar to the whole idea of doubting and not trusting. Like, if I am to believe that I'm wasting time, it's because I'm doubting and trusting where God has put me right now, whether it's professionally, whether it's creatively, whether it's locationally. Those are the big things for me. And so I actually ended up sending the lyrics of this song to my dad because it reminded me of what we were talking about earlier. Then we go into verse 2. And this also is very short because, as we know, the meat of the song is the bridge. Verse 2 says, I'm so afraid of what you have to say because I am quiet now and silence gives you space. And like I just said, this reminded me a lot of the run run and go. Um, This fear of silence, wanting to fill any and every silence. And I actually... I hate to be that person who's always referencing TikToks, but I did just see a TikTok that was about, like, how you intake multiple medias at once because you're so afraid of your thoughts. And I feel like we're just living in a culture where people genuinely never have silence. If they do, it's very rarely. And I just thought that that lyric was very timely because of that. Because I am quiet now and silence gives you space. I thought it was interesting that he said, because I'm quiet now, as he's continuing to talk and not leave silence. <laughs> and I think that also emphasizes the, the fake out and the pride and the denial, ultimately, um, because he's saying he's doing something, but he's really not. 
and by saying that he's quiet now, he's actually just proving that he's bad at listening because he's continuing to talk. And I just think that's so accurate to probably most of our walks with God. We claim that we're, we're good at listening, but then our prayers are just like all of us talking and no listening. And then we're confused and frustrated why God's not working when we haven't spent any time listening. I'm definitely guilty of listening being my weakest area of spiritual practice. Which also reminds me, I got invited to join an intercessory prayer group for a friend who does ministry, and we had our first meeting last month. And we did this cool prayer exercise that I'd never done before where we each shared our prayer requests, and then we went person by person and we focused on one person's prayer requests and we spent 30 seconds where someone opened us in prayer and then we had like a minute or two or maybe just 30 seconds, at least 30 seconds where we all closed our eyes and were silent and we didn't pray but we just sat in silence and waited to see if God brought any words or images to mind. And then after that, we all shared what came to mind. And then after we all shared what came to mind, we all intensively prayed in light of those things. And it was a really emotional process um, and a really cool process, especially as, like I said, I really struggled to listen and to see that there really can be a lot that can appear in even just 30 seconds of listening. So... If that's true, how much more could we potentially be hearing from God if we spent five minutes listening, let alone 30 or an hour or whatever it might be? Um, So I would highly encourage you, if you've never tried that, to take some time, lift some prayers up, either for yourself or for other people or both, and then after you've done each one, maybe take some time to just listen, see if anything comes up. But more than that, I would suggest because it's, to me, it's more powerful bringing your prayer requests to at least one other person, if not a group, and trying it together because it's really cool to see what other people think of, to see what God gives them. Because people gave me words and images and scenarios that I would never have thought of. And like one woman, I, so basically I asked for prayers for depression and job direction and wondering about doing something more creative. And one of the women basically just said like what came to mind was how grateful she was to be among another creative person. And I just thought that was so kind and unexpected. And <laughs> she made me cry. <laughs> um, that was the first time I ever met her. And so it was just really cool to see when you bring something into community how much you can get out of it from people who have perspectives that are different than yours and people who haven't been sitting in what you're struggling with as long as you have and how much they can bring to the table that you never would have thought of. It's kind of like being a writer, like you stare at the same page for so long that it's annoying, but if you let other people read and give feedback on the same thing, they could think of things you never did and I just think that's cool. Anyway, we have a lot to get through with the bridge, so let's jump into that. So I'm just going to read it all, and then we'll go back piece by piece, as we usually do. 
It's the same game today as it always is. I don't give you space to speak my name explaining this. And the wrists of my mind have the bleeding lines that remind me of all the times I have committed dirty, dirty crimes that are perfectly form-fitted to what I've done and what I'm doing. I'm brewing and losing and spewing and fusing. And believe me, that's what all the kids are doing. What kids are doing, they're killing themselves. They feel they have no control of their prisoner cell. And if you're one of them, then you're one of me. And you would do almost anything just to feel free. Am I right? Of course I am. Convince me otherwise, it would take all night. Before you walk away, there's one more thing I want to say. Our brains are sick, but that's okay. That is such an iconic 21 Pilots line at the end there. Let's just give that that line a moment. So, back to the beginning. It's the same game today as it always is. I don't give you space to speak my name explaining this. And once again, he's leading in with this fear of God speaking to him. And not only that, but a fear of God saying his name, Tyler. Because by saying his name, it's making what he's going through personal. It's making their relationship personal. And if it's the same game today as it always is, then that means that nothing is new under the sun. And if nothing is new under the sun then Tyler's not in isolation with what he's struggling with. And there's comfort and there's community and a solution because of that. And so it's saddening to see that Satan and sin are trying hard to not allow him to get to that conclusion by making him afraid to allow God to speak into that. But that's that's what evil is good at. And it It convinces us that we don't need what will actually help us the most. And by doing that, it actually makes us more isolated than what will actually help us. So interesting. Spiritual warfare. And the wrists of my mind have the bleeding lines that remind me of all the times I have committed dirty, dirty crimes that are perfectly form-fitted to what I've done and what I'm doing. I like how he's not saying the... I don't know, I thought the um, wording of the wrists of my mind was peculiar, because really it's the wrists of the body. But I think, I almost feel like he said the wrists of the mind because he's still trying to be indirect about what he's confessing, and even if it's just one word, it's still, he's kind of dancing around the truth while still saying it at the same time, so he's definitely getting closer to combating the fear and admitting what's going on, but... He's still indirectly saying it by making the subject his mind over his body. But I think it's also a metaphor too, of course, that anything done physically is ultimately a result of something going on internally and mentally. So in a way, it could just genuinely be a parallel to the physical manifestation because the mind is the source and the external wound is just the symptom of the source. He also says dirty twice when he's describing his crimes and even saying crimes instead of sin, it's very drastic, it's very negative, and it definitely speaks to his low value of himself and his anger and disgust, disgust especially, of himself, which is definitely the result of shame. I think it definitely speaks to when you're in the throes of something, whether it's addiction or self-harm or 
maybe even self-harm could be a type of addiction but even just in the midst of any sin even if it's not one that's like overtly repetitive it can be really easy to condemn yourself when you have yet to really start confessing and working through it with community and it's a lot easier when you're in isolation to belittle yourself and to beat yourself up and to label yourself much more inaccurately than if you had other people to speak into the truth of who you are and what's actually true of your identity. And I definitely resonate with that with low self-esteem that I'm, I've been working through in counseling. Yeah, there's for a long time been a lot of really negative things I've thought about myself. And when you actually like speak them aloud, it's it's really sad and um, it's really not that emotional for me anymore because I've been more actively working through it and I've discussed it with people. But at first, it's it just seems like a stark contrast of the way that you speak to yourself versus how other people see you. And especially for the people receiving your thoughts toward yourself, it can seem very drastic and saddening. And so I think this part of the song it really captures that well and that shame and just, I can't think of the word, like a low view of yourself. I feel like there's a more succinct word, but if you think of it, you can fill in the blank. So then he says, he describes what he's doing, brewing and losing and spewing and fusing. He's brewing, so he's thinking up sin. We're constantly brewing up sin. <laughs> even if we don't think we are. It's just in our nature as humans. He's losing because he's living broken. His pride is fake. He doesn't have anything to boast of because he's not better than anyone else. He's spewing, which means he's not just doing these things to himself. Um, He's not just being broken, but he's also projecting that and hurting others and allowing it to impact others directly and indirectly and he's also fusing which i just took to mean combining all of those things and once he's settled that he says and believe me that's what all the kids are doing so now he is admitting that it's not just him and he's not isolated but it's also something that all of these other people are suffering from even just with depression or suicidal ideation While I've never struggled with suicidal ideation, I can imagine that it carries immense shame and guilt, and because of that, it probably feels a lot more isolating than a lot of other sins. And so to to realize that you're part of a community of people who struggle with that same thing is very powerful and empowering. Um, And to even admit what kids are doing, they're killing themselves, and it sounds really blunt and negative. But really, I think it's strength that he's just able to say this and that after all of this faking that he's just addressing it directly and he's even sharing it with people who maybe ignore that that exists or that maybe even they have loved ones who could suffer from that. They feel they have no control of their prisoner cell. And if you're one of them, then you're one of me. And you would do almost anything just to feel free. Am I right? Of course I am. Convince me otherwise. It would take all night. Before you walk away, there's one more thing I want to say. Our brains are sick, but that's okay. 
So the main thing I picked out was that he said, if you are one of them, then you're one of me. And you would do almost anything just to feel free. And I think this really speaks to Jesus specifically, because Jesus had faced temptation and resonates with all of humanity's temptation. And so if he resonates with their temptations, then he also resonates with Tyler's temptations. But at the same time, he says, and you would do almost anything just to feel free. Am I right? Of course I am. And I think this is more just pride speaking because it seems that he's implicating, implicating, implying that in order to feel free, that even Jesus would commit suicide. But obviously we know that would not happen because of sin. And so I think it's almost this this pride of once once again, this is another like brief moment where he stopped listening and he's just am I saying, Am I right? Of course I am. And backing up himself rather than listening to the truth. Because while Jesus does resonate with temptations and he does have that human capacity, he is also fully God as well as fully human. And I think immediately jumping into the am I right and assuming that he is, is Tyler ignoring that Jesus is fully God as well. And being fully God, he cannot commit any sin. I feel like I didn't write anything on they feel they have no control of their prisoner cell, but I feel like that is also worth mentioning, even though I just skipped over it. And if nothing else, it's just worth noting that one of the biggest lies Satan can spread, especially with mental illness of any kind, is that you're out of control. And spiritually, technically speaking, you are because God's in control. But I think something that can eventually lead to a lot of mental healing that's obviously a lot easier to say than to believe is that you do actually have control of over coping. And that doesn't mean that you'll never struggle. That doesn't mean that you'll never have triggers. But speaking from my own mental health journey and as I continue to journey through self-esteem and other things, continual anxiety and depression, the biggest thing is learning, like a lot of what I've done with my current counselor, is work on habits and changing habits. And ultimately what I'm doing is learning that I can change things and that things don't always have to be the way that they are. And if if things don't have to be the way that they are, that means that I can also change my thought patterns. That means I can also change the way that I work through triggers and coping through different things. So I think it's worth noting that they feel they have no control of their prisoner cell, but that doesn't mean that it's true because in this sense, the feeling is definitely misleading and it's not true and it's definitely not of God. So then at the very end, he goes on to ultimately also add the thought that our brains are sick, but that's okay. I love that it kind of ends with the epitome of the gospel, that Jesus died for us and our brains, and he did this to pay the penalty for our sins, for all the times that he knew that we would fall prey to sin, whether suicidal ideation, whether doubt, whether pride, whether ignorance, and all the other sins, of course, that were not even touched upon in this song. The expectation that God has is for us to give our lives to him, but it's not in any capacity ever expected of us to perfect our mental health because that is not possible. And while there can be occasional stories of people who 
were mentally redeemed from a disorder. That's not true for the majority of people, and it's certainly not a requirement (laughs) to have a good faith. And once again, like I've said this before and I will always say it, but I just hope that you know that despite people having preconceived notions that you just need to pray more or think more positively or anything else that suggests that mental disorders are a choice, that's not true. And it's definitely a privilege for people to be able to say those things because 99% of the time it's, it's people who have never genuinely known what it's like to suffer from a mental health disorder. But alas, whether you've struggled with suicidal ideation oh sorry before i transition i missed the ending of course it's all repetitive lyrically and and pretty repetitive musically as well but i like how the singing is a lot less tense than before and it kind of feels a lot more like he's at ease with the sin patterns that have happened and by the very end as he trails off in the very last line you can definitely feel that he's finally ready to listen to God and genuinely stop talking. And not by, not because he has to, but because he's realizing that it's genuinely what's been helping him the most. And so now to end our time, I, I wanted to read Psalm 51 as a prayer for us. And whether you struggle with or have in the past struggled with suicidal ideation or whatever this song brings up for you, because we all have very repetitive sins that can make us feel angry with ourselves or disgusted with ourselves or just wanting to hide and fake. I just want you to bring those sins to mind as you listen to this and just know that this is God's word for you. Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in right sacrifices and burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. So, I hope that this can just be an encouragement and know that if you feel down, 
God sees and he knows and he just desires for you to turn around and repent. And I think in feeling down, it definitely shows that we are ready to turn around and repent. So just know that God is not counting. He's not keeping score. And he just asks that you continue to run towards him. Maybe think of it like you're running and you stumble, but you still keep going despite the stumbling. With that being said, I want to hear from you. You can email entrenchpodcast at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 Pilots story or your favorite memories you have related to the band. You can also reach out with an episode request if you want to analyze a song, video, or album with me. And if you'd like to contribute to the analysis we've already covered, you can join the podcast Facebook group by searching Entrench Podcast Group. You can find Entrench on Podbean, Verbal, Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. Those are the main main ones that I had known of and emailed me, but when I googled Entrench, it's definitely on more platforms, but those are just going to be the main ones that I always say. So just know that if you ever happen to use a different platform or need a different platform, it's very likely that Entrench will be on there. On Instagram, you can find me at Entrench underscore pod. I just put up a fun reel right before this. I'm hoping to do reels this year because I have a lot of ideas and I don't want to commit to TikTok, so it's going to be my substitute. (laughs) I look forward to hearing from you. Tune in next time for Guns for Hands. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember, entrench, you're not alone.